Hello, I'm Mallory Rubin. And I'm Van Lathan. Check out the Ringerverse podcast from The Ringer for all things superhero movies, nerd culture, and fandom entertainment. We have instant reviews and fun takes on all the latest news and more available now on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Hello and welcome back to the Stadio Podcast and Ringer FC. I'm Musa Kwonga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? Grand. How are you? Not great, to be honest. No. Oh my goodness. Have I ever actually said that? I don't know. Oh my goodness. Um, I just always assume that that bit's just the, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I'm fine. Marketing, building the brand. Oh no. <laughs> Thanks. What's up, man? I saw oh, you yesterday. No. Yeah, just stuff. Just like this, this, all of this, all of this. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. But, you know, we, we persevere. I mean, goes without saying, we hope everyone's safe and well. Uh, anyone affected by what's going on at the moment, we hope you're okay. Uh, let's do some admin really quick. Um, Wright's house went up on Wednesday. Carl and Flo and Ian it was really good. Started off with a little bit of shit talking about his own grandson, <laughs> <laughs> which was really fun. And then um, some stuff on penalties, Marcelo Bielsa, Christian Eriksen, and a little bit of Manchester United Arsenal stuff, which was good. Manchester United and Arsenal stuff, I should say. Uh, so that's up now on, on the Ring RFC feed. Recorded before Jamie Vardy went and broke Ian Wright's record of Premier League goals scored by someone in the 30s. Mm. Convenient. <laughs> Recorded Tuesday morning ahead of Vardy doing it Tuesday evening. So right here is going to uh, escape talking about it. Oh, it's a hell of a record to have held, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, uh, he he's really great with stuff like that, though. He doesn't mind people breaking his records. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, congrats to Jamie Vardy. Is there any other admin? There is not. No other matters arising or outstanding. Oh, actually, before we move on, thanks to everyone who reached out about Monday's episode. That's very kind. If you haven't listened to it yet, please do so. Uh, share it with anyone you think might want to hear it. It is not a comedy. It is not. Although there are moments Although of Although it does become a comedy at the end. It does, it does, yeah. Because yeah. usually most stuff ends with us being a little bit comedic because we're a bit ridiculous. Yes, there is something inherently tragicomic about... <laughs> about Moose's about creme people, brulee chat. It was about two deeply. dudes starting yet another football podcast. I mean, that's inherently tragicomic, so there's always going to be some, some humour in that. We're 229 episodes into something that no one asked for. Absolutely no one asked for it. 
No the last thing the world needed. Yeah, no one asked for it. In 2019 was another podcast hosted by two dudes. Yeah, no one asked for it. Yeah, here we are. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Hello Welcome. again. Welcome. <laughs> Simon and Garfunkel plays. Um, Something else that no one else asked for. In Berlin, uh, a few days ago, someone sprayed graffiti on a school where there were a load of uh, Russian students. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck that. That is something, you know what? That is the equivalent of like those Fuck black schools. One, no one asked for that. That is, I don't know what that yeah. is. Okay. I just had to say, I don't know what you think that is, but that is not any kind of weird solidarity. Or that's, that's what we call, that's xenophobia. Okay. And that's like, nobody asked for that. Can that kind of individual just calm down, please? Like we don't need any more of that. That's not solidarity. Uh, on a more positive note, speaking of schools, lots of kids today go into school because it's World Book Day, dressed as their favourite book characters. Shout out to all the kids reading books. I don't think we probably have any kids listening to this podcast, but you know, listeners yeah, about kids. I'd recommend a cultured left foot by Mutok Wong. Oh gosh. <laughs> no, striking out. Striking out. I think striking Give out. Give your children striking out. Ian Wright. Musokwonga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What a dynamic duo. Name me a more iconic duo. Actually, there's been quite a few more iconic duos than, than Ian and I. But <laughs> All right. Have we remembered everything? Have we done everything? Admin. Yeah, I think we're done. All right, cool. Uh, let's move on to today. So we're going to round up some cup games and some other games that happened in the week. Just very quickly, we'll talk a little bit about the Chelsea stuff and then we're going to answer some questions because I think we could all do with a little bit of something different. Yeah. So let's get into it after this. All right, man. FA Cup. First of all, I would like to shout out Chris Wilder and his Middlesbrough side. 1-0 win over Spurs after extra time at the Riverside. They were super good value for it. Mm. They had uh, plenty of the ball. They had plenty of the opportunities. They continuously just seemed to waltz through the middle of Spurs' midfield. And if I'm being brutally honest, I only caught the second half of the game an extra time live and then I had to rewatch the first half, but they should have done it in normal time. I mean, Spurs are funny at the moment, but there's, there is always a sort of temptation when a team like Spurs gets knocked out to kind of be like, what did Spurs do wrong? As opposed to focus on uh, the team that's beaten them. Now, Chris Wilder has had a, you know, obviously good look at the Premier League, knows where to exploit weakness. And you could argue that that midfield of Winks and Hoybier is, Hoybier is physically robust, Winks not so much. And maybe they would fancy their chances. If you look at the formation, it's a midfield three against a two, right? And that is not, you know, we know what Wilder likes to do. He likes that five across the middle and it's pugnacious. So they're going to be, they're outnumbered numbers wise. And in terms of physicality, that was an accident waiting to happen. Mm. Um, and it's no coincidence that Jonathan Housen, you know, outstanding player for, for Middlesbrough. It's really, when you think about that, that was just a tactical mismatch. It's not often you get, I suppose, Conte out, out coached. Ooh, maybe. It's not often, but yeah, it's not often you see that. But, that happened, no. but that's what Chris Wilder made, uh, he made a habit of that, didn't he? Oh yeah, that first season when Sheffield United came up in the Premier League, they were just unbelievable, I mm. thought. It was a 3-5-2, like people knew what it was. You knew what this was? They knew what the results were. Yes, uh, we had a tweet from Rad underscore Nauseam who said, just a special mention for Chris Wilder, the cut run is really turning into something. And with teams sniffing around the playoffs, do you think he's guiding another team back to the Premier League? Will they outlast his Sheffield United there if he does? Now that's a tricky question because we've said many, many times before, 
that the Championship in England is such a difficult league to get out of. They're currently eighth. They're a couple of points off Luton who are sixth. And Luton, actually, while we're there, shout out to them because they put in an amazing performance against Chelsea. They really did. We're kind of unlucky in the end, to be honest. But that, that top 10, and let's take Bournemouth and Fulham out of it, who are the top two. You know, Bournemouth have got four games in hand on third place Huddersfield. Fulham are way out in front. Mitrovic has obviously been banging in the goals this season. We didn't even really mention it on Monday, but he broke the record for all time uh, for goals in a single season in the championship. And oh there's still like, what, 13 games to play. He's been on absolute fire this season. Every time I've caught Fulham, they've been like wild. They're great, man. Yeah, yeah. They're so great. Great um, Obviously Bournemouth hanging in there. But yeah, I mean, with Middlesbrough, there's part of me that would love to see them back in the Premier League just because... I know they came up, they were up a couple of years ago, but they were always like a bit of a prim, an early Premier League staple. For sure. And they put on some great performances, actually. I think Middlesbrough were the last team to beat United in the treble season. Can we have the fact check on that, please? 1999. age of misinformation. <laughs> we saw Kwanga spreading potentially fake news without fact checking. Let me do that. Let me do that. Manchester United fell to a shock 3 2 home loss to Middlesbrough. Dean Gordon scored. Yeah. There you go. Good yeah, memory. Good memory. And they had like 30 odd unbeaten to end the season. They were a real staple of the Premier League at one point. They felt like a team that really like, they gave you tough games. Like they weren't always, they didn't always have the most firepower, but they, they were tough to like turn over. It's always tough to predict how certain teams will do in the Premier League at the moment because we've just seen how quickly teams can get dragged into relegation scraps. I find it really strange. Some teams that you assume would absolutely be fine in the Premier League when they come up from the Championship just never really seem to click. They really struggle with that transition. I can't, Sometimes I can't figure out why. Mm. And then other teams obviously just seem like they are better matched up against Premier League sides. Yeah. But it is quite a different league in terms of, I mean, just the, the, the championship is, you know, it's like 46 games. It's, it's such a long, but also I think the counter-attack, the counteracting, I think there's something to be said for that thing about the Premier League where teams let you have the ball and they have the ball because mm. they're, they're just playing their own game. And there's something to be said for the types of challenges that championship football presents week in, week out that maybe the Premier League doesn't. And I think if you look at Brentford, for example, the intensity with which they start the season, and it's hard to maintain that over the course of, obviously, like the entire, the entire stretch. But it's just fascinating because in, in one-off games, when those football styles clash, a team from lower league can really take an advantage. Like mm. Luton, for example. Look where Luton came out of the traps against Chelsea. Yeah. Two went up, right? Yeah. I mean, all the championship sides did really well this week. You know, Luton, obviously, like we've mentioned against Chelsea, Chelsea winning 3-2 in the end. Peterborough didn't do too bad against Man City, held them for the first half. They ended up losing 2-0 and also Stoke away at, at Palace. Uh, Palace coming through 2-1 in the end, but still, all of them have done really well this week. And that sounds a little bit patronising. I don't mean to be, but it's a really good sign of how, how good that league is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Southampton beating West Ham 3-1, which was a really good result for Southampton. They're on a, such a brilliant run yeah. at the moment in all competitions. In all competitions, they haven't lost a game since uh, the Wolves game when they lost 3-1 in January. And before that was when they lost to Arsenal at the beginning of December. So coming on three months now with just one defeat, which is unbelievable for Southampton. We talked about the new ownership before, but it does feel it's like just, they're kind yeah. of everything aligned. Yep. And that was the change that hopefully they needed because we were a little bit worried about Ralph and now not so much. Nothing like wholesome new ownership in football. Exactly. Uh, Liverpool coming through 2-1 against Norwich. Two goals from Minamino. Uh, a lovely goal from, um, from Lucas Rupp just as he was substituted for Norwich. Unfortunate. Very much a goal of the brand. This could have been us, but you playing. 
Um, In Spain, we're recording this ahead of the second semi-final second leg, but in the other one, Valencia came through 2-1 in aggregate against Athletic Club to go through to the Copa del Rey final. They will play the winner of Betis against Vallecano. That second leg's tonight. Betis are 2-1 ahead on aggregate at the moment. We're like, can you imagine a Betis-Valencia final? Even a Riot final would be amazing, but still. Can can I say, is there a better... Is the food, the combined menu from a Betis Valencia final? Oh, here we go. Here we fucking No, 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 go. because it has here to be, no, no, on. it has to be said. Come on. If Betis and Valencia put together a combined menu for a cup final meal, it would arguably be the best cup final meal in a very long time. You think about that. You say, you say this on every cup final. Well, it involves... Of- Spanish that involves food. Spanish or Portuguese clubs. I'm, or trying to get, I'm trying to get free food. This is a psyop. I'm trying to get free food sent to the podcast. From where? Well, we don't know. We don't know till we've asked. <sighs> don't know till we've asked. I'm really, I'm so sorry, everyone. I'm so sorry. I just can't <laughs> believe that you have to. <laughs> um, yeah, there was first legs of the Copa, del, uh, Copa Italia semifinals as well this week. 91st minute own goal for Fiorentina gave Juve a 1-0 win. And the Milan derby was 0-0. Second yeah. legs in these aren't being played until the 20th and 21st of April. What Wild. <laughs> What's that? Six, six weeks difference. Five and a half weeks difference between That's the That's going to be such a spiky leg. second leg of the Milan Inter. I know. And Nice beat Versailles in the Coupe de France semi-final. They will go through to the final. Who was the other? Monaco Nantes, was it? Yeah, Nantes coming through on penalties against Monaco. Nantes versus Nice in the final there. In Germany, it was also cup week. Yes, the spicy games there. Haas Foul came through against Karlsruhe on penalties. Haven't been 2-0 down. Yes. Yeah. RB Leipzig cruised through against Hannover, 4-0 away. Freiburg beat Bochum after extra time, 2-1. And Union beat St. Pauli, 2-1. On that note, by the way, on the, on the Pokal, Christopher and Kunku, RB Leipzig is doing very big things there. And we've talked about, I mean, we've mentioned it before, but we talked about Vlajevic and his, you know, him getting a big move. And Kunku is someone who should absolutely be a priority mm. for top European clubs this summer. Leipzig may have their work cut out, hang on to him. It's going to cost some money though. He is. Uh, Arsenal beat Reading 4-0 in the WSL, which was a massive win for them midweek. It means that they extend the lead at the top to five points, with Chelsea having two games in hand. That puts the pressure on Chelsea a little bit now. Dave Miedemar, I think, became the first player to score in seven consecutive games against the same side. Yes, yes. Was that the only record she broke this week or was there another one? There's probably, I mean, there's always an extra one. It feels like there's another one, right? Seven straight games. You you, you see with Reading, it's almost like they just start a goal down against Miedemar. (laughs) You know, because it's really funny, and I think it mentions Ian, we said this, there are certain, there's certain clubs that like, that strikers have a soft spot for but they really go for them. If you look back over the course of their record, they're like, oh, that person always scores against us. I can't work out what it is. Like poor, poor Norwich, like Luis Suarez always, <laughs> I did a Norwich accent there. Poor Norwich. <laughs> Luis Suarez always went for them and I couldn't work out what it was. In WSL history, only Beth Mead and Karen Carney have more assists than Miedemar. In WSL history. I mean, obviously since the formation of the WSL. Yeah, but she's been there for like five minutes. Well, she's been there a few years, but still, she's yeah, also but- the record goal scorer. So, 
No, but like, but, but I mean, that's a serious volume. Like goals, one thing, Ryan, but assists, Ryan. Like that's yeah, a- it was like it was like that season when you, everyone was going on about Messi without realizing he was also leading like assists charts as well. And, and then you like, don't the year that like Henri got like twenty four goals and like eighteen assists or something. Anyway, yeah. So uh, Miedemar as number ten with Blackstenius up front is that's a big look for Arsenal. They had a really good transfer window actually. Well, they're five points clear now, aren't they? Uh-huh. We'll see. Impressive times. Let's move on to Chelsea. Because, well, a few things have moved on since. Was that all the football we needed to cover this week? Yeah, I think that's yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we're not going to spend too long on Chelsea because I think this situation is going to change quite a lot. Um, if it does change dramatically this week, maybe we'll do a super quick bonus thing or do something on Green Room. Since we last spoke, FIFA decided to ban Russian teams from competition. Uh, UEFA did the same. Roman Abramovich, meanwhile, has put the club up for sale. Shall I read the statement? Why not? Wednesday night at six minutes past seven local time in England, Chelsea released a statement on their website saying, I would like to address the speculation in media over the past few days in relation to my ownership of Chelsea FC. As I've stated before, I have always taken decisions with the club's best interest at heart. In the current situation, I have therefore taken the decision to sell the club. As I believe this is in the best interest of the club, the fans, the employees, as well as the club sponsors and partners. The sale of the club will not be fast-tracked, but will follow due process. I will not be asking for loans to re- for any loans to be repaid. This has never been about business nor money for me, but about pure passion for the game and the club. Moreover, I have instructed my team to set up a charitable foundation where all net proceeds from the sale will be donated. The foundation will be for the benefit of all victims of the war in Ukraine. This includes providing critical funds towards the urgent and immediate needs of victims as well as supporting the long-term work of recovery. Please know that this has been an incredibly difficult decision to make and it pains me to part with the club in this manner. However, I do believe this is in the best interest of the club. I hope that I will be able to visit Stamford Bridge one last time to say goodbye to all of you in person. It has been a privilege of a lifetime to be part of Chelsea FC. and I am proud of all our joint achievements. Chelsea Football Club and its supporters will always be in my heart. Thank you, Roman. Do you know what my first reaction to this was? Mm. Don't let yourself get attached to anything you are not willing to walk out on 30 seconds flat if you feel the heat around the corner. Oh my God, this is so accurate. And the heat is round the corner. It is absolutely around the corner for him. That's such a great reference. It's so true. It's so true. It's so strange. Well, it's not strange, but it makes me think that shit is real. I mean, in Germany, for example, I, th- I believe that German authorities seized Usmanov's, Usmanov's yeah. yacht or one of yeah. in Hamburg. And it really feels like things are in motion and they must have been, and they must be in motion because this has come out of nowhere. I mean, a few years ago, Abramovich floated the idea of selling the club, I think. Mm. No one met his valuation and therefore he didn't. But I think it's going to be a really interesting period for Chelsea because we talked about Chelsea on Monday, so I don't want to go too much into it now, especially in a situation that's going to change probably dramatically over the next few days. It's interesting to see what the next era for Chelsea is. Right. Which I understand is a completely nothing piece of commentary. Mm. There are a whole generation of Chelsea fans that know nothing apart from 
mega money and mega success. Mm. And I'm intrigued to see who the buyer would be that could maintain that. There's, there was talk about um, someone in Switzerland, wasn't there? Conor McGregor threw his hat in the ring. <sighs> when does he not? Are they going to change their name to the Notorious CFC? <laughs> <laughs> um, Hans-Jörg um, Viss, a Swiss billionaire businessman and donor to politically liberal and environmental causes in the United States. It says, it's Wikipedia, but you know, Wikipedia is pretty well fact-checked um, these days. Uh, so yeah, that's the, that's someone who's in the mix. The club is a, it's a pretty impressive asset to own. It's mm-hmm. got a lot of upkeep because those are some big wages those players are on. That's going to be interesting, I suppose, in terms of the safeguarding of the club's future, because that's a club where people have become accustomed to being paid well. We shall see. We shall see. The thing is, of course, like now, if you're a club watching that, if you're a player playing for Chelsea and you've got like a long contract with them, mm. you're on the phone to your agent at this point, I would say, because you don't know how things are going to shake out a couple of years from now. You don't necessarily know. We had a question from the biz who said, what is the best solution for the Chelsea ownership situation? Would a public trust slash fan ownership ever work in the Premier League like it does in the NFL with the Green Bay Packers? I'm not entirely sure. Is that a thing with the Packers? I don't know how the structure works there. Kevin Clark, if you're listening, any of the ringer NFL lot, all of them, <laughs> can, you, can you let us know? Or do you see potentially darker options who consume and profit on debt? Now, I wrote a tweet last night, which was a little bit cheeky, admittedly. Mm. But with all of these clubs trying to sell fan tokens to fans, you get like decision-making power in terms of like what music is played and all of this kind of stuff. I said, hey, I've got an idea. Instead of trying to sell fans tokens, why not sell them actual shares? Because the fan token model suggests that clubs aren't fully aware of the monetization potential of fan input especially with everything that's going on at the moment, a really, really smart club could potentially make a real leap here. Like imagine how unbelievable, and I, God, I know a load of people rolling their eyes. Like someone replied to me being like, right, come on, Ryan, it's 2020 with the, uh, sorry, it's 2022 with like the kind of eye roll emoji, <laughs> you know? And I was like, yeah, I know it's ridiculous, but imagine how many fans in the current climate would want to invest in their football club. Yes. Especially a club the size of Chelsea or someone like Manchester United or Arsenal or any of the big, big, big clubs. If you've got that amount of money to spend on a football club, to just drop a few billion pounds on a football club, you also have the financial flexibility and freedom to release a load of fan shares. It'd be a free hit PR-wise, especially yeah. at the moment when the Premier League is, is looking to introduce human rights factors into the, oh, the ownership thing. They're going to they're gonna put that to Oh, goodness. I saw that announcement. I just, I just rolled my eyes. Maybe like 20 years too late. I think, but I suppose better late than never, but who knows? Uh, I don't really have much more to add on that. No, me neither. Me neither. So we'll just keep an eye on the Chelsea stuff over the next few days and then we'll touch on it. Apologies if we seem a little jaded by that, but it feels a little bit weird in the backdrop of what's going on at the moment. Yeah. To, to be worried about what's happening in a football sense. Yeah. We talked about this in detail on Monday and I don't really want to repeat much that we said, but anyway. We will see what happens with the Chelsea stuff and we will touch on it again, no doubt.
Shall we do some questions? Let's do it. I got a question, Musa. Tell me what you think about me. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) I won't. Not in public. Fuck no. Please don't. (laughs) I'm feeling very fragile this week. Please don't tell me. (laughs) I will not. Okay. This one's from George Stevens. Actually, we've got two questions from George. Congrats, George. You get a a doppelpack up top. Wow. This week marks the 20 years since that Burkamp goal against Newcastle. If you were footballers, which famous goal would you want to have scored and why? I think we've had a similar question to this before, but I don't care. Let's do it again. Uh, Oh no, there's so many. There are so many. (laughs) I want them all. You answer because I'm thinking now. I just can't. Yeah, yeah. (gasps) No, I know. Sorry, but you go first. No, go, go on, go on. Uh, Messi's injury time winner in the Classico at the Bernabeu. <laughs> the celebration. Yeah. <laughs> Hold up my shirt. I want a picture of me, little old me, hashtag short king, holding my shirt up. I've, I've boosted myself again. Short, low level civil servant. <laughs> <laughs> holding my shirt up to the Bernabeu crowd just with Hun number seven on the back. And some Real Madrid fan give me the devil horns. <laughs> the devil horns, I, I love that. It's one that's still my favourite moments, like the Real Madrid fans, like yep. Pep trying to push the devil back in his hole. Um, my answer to this question is going to change every single time we get asked it. But just today, it is a complete cliche, but I think it's the Carlos Alberto one, the fourth Aww. goal. It's a cliche, but, because it's an obvious choice for so many people, but the reason I say it is because it's a team goal and he gets to watch the entire thing develop as he's sprinting. So he gets to watch the Clodoaldo dribble and all the passes, Jezina. So he sees this incredible move unfolding like alongside him. And the way that he described that, like there's this BBC documentary thing. He was describing like the way that Pele knew because they've been playing together for, for a while. So Pele just didn't even, you watch that goal again, Pele doesn't really look up because mm. he knows Carlos Alberto is running. He knows he's running. And it's he the just most plays casual five-a-side layoff. It's amazing, isn't it? And the it's way in the he hits it, World Cup. and he rips it outside of the right foot, and that's four one. And so you just think of the context, like that, almost like him. That needs to be like a poem or something. Just I know when he sets off, you know, like just Carlos Alberto sprinting, but just from his perspective and what he sees, and it's the Aztec Stadium, and the entire combination of your footballing career. Like you're the captain. It's three one. You know, Italy are kind of trying to punch back, but they're, they're done, right? They're kind of done. And it's like every single moment in your life has led to that point. Every single moment, like all of it, like the sounds, the, the crowd, the defenders backing off, the fear, like as Brazil just like work them left and then like work them right. All of that. Well, they draw them over to the left. That's the thing. They switch it, right? And so by the time the switch is made, his flank is almost entirely unopposed to the point where it must have looked like, it must have just cleared. It's like the sun after the storm. Exactly. You know, the clouds, yeah, ex- yeah. It's just like, do you oh. know what I mean? That is, in context, perhaps the most beautiful patch of grass in world football in terms of what he saw in front of him, mm. just the path clearing. So that, I think that would be the one. I think we should pick one for the other person as well. What goal do you think? Ryan would like to score. Okay, I think you, okay, let's see what you'd like to, um, you're going you're to say this is a bit self-indulgent, but um, I think the- You're going to boost me. Yeah, of course. That's, that's, that's the energy. I think we saw the- longer, the ultimate higher man. You know what it would be? Go on. Fabregas penalty winner for Spain in the Euros. Was it 08? The shootout victory in 08. Wow. 
because it was just like Fabregas is an understated in terms of like what he, what he, that Spain, I, mean, I think I, I've said this a thousand times. I've threatened so many times to write the essay of like Fabregas's contribution to those three teams that went like three in a row. And like in each one, he stepped up and they hadn't beaten Italy in an international tournament. I think since the sixties or something wild at that fact check. Um, and Fabregas just stepped up and just did it. And it was like, Fabregas was constantly someone who you were like, he's a spiky dude. Like, you know, so there's a spike and I'm, that's actually kind of your energy. It's like, you know, you <gasps> have all what? that, but yeah, yeah. You got like, you know, you got like you know, a, I'm polite, but you know, no, but you're tough. You're tough. You come you're from tough. my people. I'll exactly. Fucking eat you. <laughs> See, I think that would be it. That'd be it. Do you know what? Actually, the, San, the, the Fabregas goal in San Siro where he runs over and hugs Wenger is a good one because, you know, there's so much of that, you know, a little midfielder breaking through, hits a goal from way out. It's a massively important win. And the angle he hits it on. I went to the first leg of that, as I've said a thousand times this podcast. And you get a nice big hug off Arsene afterwards. Yeah. It's not to so love. Nice. Perfect. What goal do I think Musa would have got? Hand of God. There you go. 100%. 100% the hand of God. The notorious, one of the most notorious goal in football history. Musa would 100% have wanted to score that goal. <laughs> All eyes on me. Eyes on him. But not and just also, at that moment, it's for the rest of time. And then also, do you know as well? Do you know the excitement about that goal is, oh no, will I get sent off? Oh, oh no. Oh did no. They see oh, it? no. I hope they saw game. it. I oh, hope no, they saw big. it. <laughs> if Musa had scored that goal and he was world renowned, uh, he'd sit down for an interview with, like, I don't fucking know in his 60s or 70s or whatever. And he's, someone would say, what's your biggest regret from your football career? And, and he'd say, that the ref didn't see my handball. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the interview would be with someone like, it would be with Oprah. And she'd be like, what is this? What is this? In a, like a, in a rose garden. In a rose garden. And, and like, she just, and yes. it cuts back to Oprah. And she's just like, mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. She's just nodding and going. Mm-hmm. Big or, reveal. Or she, or she does the gif. <laughs> incredible so yeah there you go I love there you very go. much but that's totally that's just your goal absolutely yeah yeah. we should save this for another time because George's second question was imagine you had to pick an 11 and a manager that give off the biggest Stadio vibe who's making the cut it's a good one I think we should do that actually oh wow the Stadio 11 gosh the Stadio Energy 11 what now what Bielsa's office manager how is Bielsa not manager? Hmm. You don't think Bielsa manages this team? You put Arsene there. No, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not making a call. I'm not making a call. But Actually, maybe. No, how about this? No, Bielsa is the number two. Yeah, Bielsa is the number two. That's it. That's 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 the thing. It'd be Bielsa would be number two. Valverde would be our manager. You think so? Yeah, he's so low key. Are we low-key though? I mean, you're low-key. I'm not, I'm not low-key. Hard <laughs> 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 to be low-key I think, I think all eyes on me. I think it'd be Klopp actually. That's a good shout. Yeah. Yeah, German, German crossover. You know. Likes- Klopp and Bielsa one and two. That's <gasps> unbelievable. Can you imagine <gasps> the football, the football? Holy shit. Oh my goodness. Oh, football. wow. Um, Aaron Matney says, rank the top five cup competitions in Europe. Uh, the DFB Pokal is the top five. Sorry. <laughs> Doesn't specify football. Oh, but the Eurobasket Champions League. 
The Ryder Cup? No, no. Uh, okay, rank the top five competitions. Oh, I don't know. They're all great. They're all great. And they change. They change. They do. Like, they do change. Like, for um, example, Serie A is my favourite league this year. Oh, no, right? sorry. What am I talking about? Europa League. Yeah, but in terms, so in terms Europa of League's number change, one. Europa oh, League is number one. Do you, do you know what? Can I say this? The Europa League, it showed me something last round. It showed me something. Because the, there's an energy about the teams in this year's competition. I don't know what it is. There's, Euro, there's, there's um, unfinished business energy there. Ooh. There's something very big about the unfinished business of the teams left in this draw. And I'm here for it. I'm absolutely here for it. Yeah. I'm loving, I'm loving it. Europa League actually this year is spicy. So there you go, Aaron. Um, it's, we're going to go countdown. We're going to go Europa League and any other four, please. Yeah, I think that's right. One big one and four small ones. Ollie Glanville said, I meant to mention this in the FA Cup bit. He said, is the FA Cup getting better again after being written off? Or is that down to the top sides not taking it as seriously slash bit of both? I think better again. Do you know I say better again? The way that Declan Rice went in in the previous round, I was like, hey, this is a this is like people are showing up. Well they they did they do show up, but like it's almost like see the way that Luton and Chelsea ended up the other day. Mm. Luton really went at Chelsea, right? And as you say, could have I mean what, they got the goal in the last twenty five minutes. I think we need to give the FA Cup credit where it's due. I think it is improving. We can say that top clubs don't take it so seriously, but here's the thing, and this is to Ollie's question in, in support of his question as well. This is not a critique. Big clubs are so stacked with talent that even a top club that puts out a squad where let's say half the team are regular starters and the other half aren't, that other half that aren't regular starters are still players that most clubs they play could not afford. So I think the FA Cup is getting better. I think what's happening in this year is there's been a bit of a shakedown because teams have come in and they've half-stepped with the rotation and they've been done and they've been bounced out. So I think this is, this is a kind of, it feels like a little bit of a, maybe too, I would say, vintage year for the FA Cup. <clears throat> We've certainly had some vintage results, I would say. So yeah, yeah shout totally. out to I think yeah. it's Yeah, totally. I think it goes through little mini cycles, the FA Cup, because there's the initial, mm. shock, there's the initial shock of a couple of teams starting to dominate the Premier League in the late 90s mm. to then that being the focus at the expense of the FA Cup. However, they were still strong enough to win doubles and trebles throughout that time, yes. right? You get Chelsea arriving in 2003, 2004, which presents another threat to the Premier League title. So therefore, the FA Cup is seen as a secondary target, but still a decent target. Yes. But then you start to get top four, that becomes a top or like a big five, and then that becomes a big six. So as opposed to you challenging for the title, you're then challenging for Champions League qualification, which is seen as almost the modern day equivalent of what challenging for the title was in the late 90s, because it becomes so imperative to qualify for the Champions League from a financial sense, mm. that that's when the eyes come off the prize for the FA Cup stuff. But then those teams start to slightly solidify in terms of their Champions League position, so then they can actually refocus on the FA Cup because they know that, fuck, we might get 99 points this season and not win the league. Bingo. And with the, you know, the might of certain other clubs around Europe, but the expectations on winning the Champions League for those big, big clubs was a little bit lower than it was maybe in the late 2000s, early 2010s, because, you know, after Chelsea won it. So I know that sounds like a little bit of a wishy-washy thing to say, but like it is quite fluid in terms of like, it really depends on who's really strong for a cycle and where their priorities are in terms of tournaments. Look at the Carabao Cup final. Look at the quality of yeah, the lineups exactly. in the Carabao Cup final. Those teams were not half-stepping. 
I think also people are starting to return to it and redevelop the love for it because they realise that actually now it's really fucking hard to qualify for the Champions League every year or to win the league and the Premier League. And therefore yeah. the big clubs then have refocused or reignited the importance of that competition as a, as a thing. Right. And they've decided like, we're gonna, yeah, absolutely. No, they're, they're literally, no, because yeah. like I say, I look at the Chelsea Liverpool, it's a different competition, but the same principle of like both organisations decided at a certain point, yeah, we're really going for this. This trophy really matters. Yeah. You know, Chelsea would have been like, we're building something here. Liverpool, you know, they've, three of the last four league titles have gone to Man City. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can't afford to keep letting trophies slide. You can't afford to keep allowing City to feel invincible. Mm. So this was a vital thing. And I think, you know, as a similar principle in the FA Cup and you see City again, you know, they had to work hard to beat Peterborough as well. Shout out to Peterborough. Yeah. So, you know, there's been some really, really strong performances by, by less fancy teams in this tournament. Yeah, so yeah, sure. long, long, long answer to a, a short question, Ollie, but that's always the sign of a good question. <laughs> but also the ones that deserve short answers are good questions as well. Listen, we love all the questions. We don't discriminate. Yeah, we do not. Uh, let's have this one from Fabian. Aside from Dortmund and Bayern, which teams would you recommend going to watch during a visit to Germany? Which ones wouldn't I? Exactly. I mean, which I would say... Um, Köln for the vibes and football. Köln, definitely. I would say Kaiserslautern, St. Pauli. Actually, Bielefeld. If you get a chance to go to Bielefeld, I've never been, but from all, from all accounts, full stadium at Bielefeld apparently is uh, extremely fun. I think Freiburg, you'd have to say Freiburg. I mean, you'd always, have to say that. Always. Um, the fan, so, so we're talking about the fan experience, the overall. I would put in a shout for Wolfsburg, Frauen, I would say, just for, mm. on, 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 a, on a match day, in a, a match day when it's like one of the top two teams, because oh my God, yeah. you're likely to get a ticket. 5,000 capacity and it would be really, really good vibe um, and it's easy to get to transport links, train links, all the rest of it. Uh, yeah, and Union Berlin, of course, if you can get, if you can, good luck getting a ticket. Yeah, <laughs> Good luck getting a ticket. Um, the thing about doing that is there's so many great Union Berlin bars. I was actually at one of them last night. Um, Where are you? Shout out to Krenzenlos Eisen, which is an unofficial patron of that bar. Nice. Uh, Bluna, Boxhagener Strasse, Boxhagener Platz, sorry. Um, so yeah, check it out. Just go to all of them. That's the Just short answer. Yeah, yeah. Let's have another question. I like this one. From 3-5-Who. Which two players from the same team but who never played together would you like to have seen in the same side? As an Arsenal fan, I'm curious as to how a Partey Cazorla midfield would find new ways to bring me joy. Wow. That's such an amazing question. Do you know who I'd love to see? Roy Keane and Paul Pogba play midfield together for Man United. Oh my goodness. Oh no. <laughs> no, do you know why? Because I, I actually think that if Roy Keane played with Paul Pogba, he would absolutely love him. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see that. Do you know what I mean? That. I see that. Then I think that would, in the two-man midfield, I think that's be better. Or do you know what, actually? Why not just chuck right into this Arsenal side now? 28-year-old Ian Wright into this Arsenal side now with all the, the HLN boys behind him and Martin Odegaard. That's fucking amazing. I know, I know Adam said a duo, but... I think, I think George Best in the treble winning team. Oh, wow. I think that. And play him either, play him either left wing or a second striker. That's really good. And would just be unreal. I think that would just be, I think people would then just, you know, 
heads are just dizzy. People would be dizzy watching that. Um, that would be spectacular, I think. That would be the, yeah. Wow. Imagine Robert Lewandowski in a two with Gerd Muller. Goodness me. <gasps> Bobby Charlton and Paul Pogba as two eights. Oh, <laughs> the narrative, the narrative. Listen, can you imagine it though? Just long range boomers. Um, who else? I mean, going all time great. Jimmy Greaves with Harry Kane would be so good. Oh my God. De Stefano and Zidane. <gasps> oh my goodness. <laughs> oh no, what have you done, Adam? We're going to be De here all day. De Stefano and Zidane. Croy from Messi. Cruyff and De Jong. Oh my God. Cruyff. Uh, Can you imagine the triangles? Can you imagine the triangles? <laughs> oh no, this is going to, that's my day ruined now. This is all I'm going to think about all day. That's actually just like, that's, that's, I've had a meltdown there. Viv Miedemar, Kelly Smith. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness, Ryan. Rude Hullet and Clarence Seydorf. <gasps> oh my God. <laughs> Do you understand that from that moment on was never the same again? (laughs) The levels, the levels to that. Holy shit. They'd need like two tunnels out onto the pitch, just like one for the rest of the players and then one for like (laughs) one for them. The swagger. I can't I that question's that's 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 done me. That's done me actually. Oh no, that's it. My <laughs> day's ruined. That's it. that's it. That's all I'm going to think about. Can't think of anything else. I don't want oh. anything else. Can you do that in like those games like FIFA? Can you like yeah, combine yeah, you can, players? Yeah, you can. Like, FIFA Ultimate Team, man. That's what it oh is. My you can goodness. That's just done me. <laughs> Ryan, go on. One last. Ronaldo and Pele. <laughs> Do you know what, everyone? A front. I think we should leave it there today. A front too. <laughs> the terror. <Do> you know- <laughs> I think we have to do a full episode on this. Do you know what I think happens? If Ronaldo and Pelé are in the same lineup, I think you get defenders. Do you know what that is? The night before. That's four straight World Cups. <laughs> That's four straight World Cups. <laughs> That's one of those ones where you call up the, oh, what's the matter? You're in, you're in for the game tomorrow. Oh yeah, um, I've got a sore ankle. Really? You sure it's not because you're playing Ronaldo and Pellet? No, it's just, I can't, I can't defend. I can't turn on it. Like the, the amount of defenders calling in sick when they realise I have to play against those two. Anyway, sorry, I just had to say that. I just had to paint that picture. Yeah, I, I think we need to leave it there today. That's, that's, we should, that's, we should, shouldn't we? That's too yeah. much. That's way <laughs> too much. What, what a beautiful question that was. What yeah. a lovely question. I think we have to do a full episode on that. Yeah, yeah, that sounds great. We have to do some, we have to do some catch conception ones soon. Do you know what, actually, I think in a funny way, maybe a bit of like flight of fancy is just what listeners might enjoy. Maybe so. I mean, we might take a few days off for the men's international break. So if, to, if we do, let's, we'll do at least one conceptual episode. Yeah, we'll yeah. Put that out. Okay, let's get out of here. Let's do it. Uh, we hope everyone's staying safe, staying well, staying, well, I don't even know what the word is, staying. Okay. Um, we know everything's a lot at the moment. And we just hope that you're all looking out for each other if you can. Anyone affected by what's going on in Ukraine and other parts of the world, we really hope you're all safe. And yeah, we'll save the admin. Anything you want to add, Musa? 
No, that's it. That's it. Thanks. All good. All good. Um, we were going to play out on a banger today. <laughs> Shall I? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Should we do it? Yeah, let's do it. Should we have a rave? Why let's not? Have, let's have a Why rave. Not? About time. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. All yeah, right. We're going to play out on the JTC remix of Sideways by Smash. If you have speakers, turn this one up. Annoy your neighbours. Actually, let's do some admin because you know we got we got to keep it on the straight and narrow, Musa. Yeah, People expect the admin. They do, they Don't do. Don't forget to check Ray's house on, from Wednesday on the Ringer SC feed. Don't forget to check the ringer.com forward slash soccer. Also, if you want to sign up for the Stadio newsletter, the next edition of that will go out in the next couple of weeks or so. Go to stadio.football, scroll to the bottom, pop your email address in. We don't give it to anyone, just for us to send you emails. Mention Smirsh, JTC Remix of Sideways. You can find all of the stuff we play out on, on the Stadio Outros playlist on Spotify. Just search for Stadio Outros. I think that is it. Oh, anyone who wants to find a list of causes that you can donate to with what's going on in Ukraine at the moment, check the Stadio Twitter. We followed up the tweet for Monday's episode with the link that Musa mentioned in the, in the episode. So go and check that if you want to browse that stuff. I think you should add something, Musa.conga, considering we are now playing out on this. Before the drop. Before the drop, Musa. <laughs> I have nothing to add. I have nothing to add. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, it's my favourite. Just take care of yourselves, I guess. Keep it moving. And I don't, you know, that's, you know, it's weird. I normally, maybe that's a, the veil has slightly dropped there because I like to always be as up-tempo as possible for these things. But sometimes it's just, it's hard to summon it at the moment. Hey, you know, men who like to do podcasts pretend they're invincible, right? <laughs> oh, God. We're not. <laughs> We're not. <laughs> <laughs> we are not we are we not are absolutely not alright everyone much love stay safe Catch stay well and, we'll, and have a lovely weekend if you can and yeah. we will be back on Monday see you then